on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as that uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Fanboys, this is a Fanboy Friday podcast. He's trying to hurt my equipment. And here's your host, a man who always presses record, Derek McCall. Thank you. I'd like to say, give you a little visual that uh, Lon looked like a uh, bulldog puppy making that announcement. Bulldog puppy? Yes, like you were shaking a towel. (laughs) Your jowls just flabbered everywhere. You know, I'm kind of like that guy from Police Academy when I'm, you know, doing all the sound. Michael Winslow? No, no, the other guy who does all the sound effects and stuff. Steve Gutenberg? No, 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 the guy, and he, like, makes the funny noises, and, no, it's that guy, he makes, like, the sound effects. I I don't know, whatever, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, George Gaines, this is Derek McCaw. Okay. (laughs) This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Uh... Podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104, Santa Clara, this California. This is kind of like our makeup set. This is, is. I mean, it's not like it the is. lost episode. It's the lost and found episode. <laughs> exactly. We are recreating from a script that we had buried in our attic for 40 years ago. From 40 years ago uh, in the golden days of Fanboy Planet's radio. What um, are you talking about? Keep the lost of, I know, I'm trying. Um, Just tell them the truth. And any confusion between Fanboy Planet and Fanboy Radio can only be good for our ratings. Uh, so, yeah, the truth is that apparently... Technical difficulties. That's good. I screwed up. No, I wasn't going to blame you. I was going to find some other reasons. I blame myself. Okay. Um, Rick screwed up, and that's okay, because I believe now each and every one of us has had a lost episode. At least. When did you lose an episode? I believe I did lose an episode. I um, I think there was one that I was supposed to... Let's not play the blame game. I'm not. I'm just yeah. saying it's only fair. Okay. And as I said, you know, and if not, if I didn't lose an episode, please God, it's only a matter <laughs> of time. Uh, I probably lost an episode that you recorded somehow. Although uh, it was kind of unfortunate, considering all the special guests we had last week too. That is true. Yeah, um, I yeah, can't many believe of them are dead now. I can't I, believe Danny Trejo st- uh, stopped by to promote Machete. Uh, I think what was more, what was more surprising to mm. me, honestly, was that Stan Lee just broke down outside the store. You know, I and mean, came in. you know, doing a West Coast tour. Who who thinks you're going to break down in, in Santa Clara? Right, of all and places. be right next to a comic it, it was shop. A, it was a good coincidence. It was a very. Did good we at least record that bump? He said, "You know the whole you're listening to Vamba Planet." Well, I'll tell you what. Did we? We get- thought we did. Oh darn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing it. Well, I guess that's next time. Next oh, time. sorry. Next time, Stan. Whenever you're in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so uh, we are recreating because the big thing last week was we had letters. We had we've been running a listener contest and we all had summer. Winners. And we had a winner, and we had to confirm it, and so we didn't actually announce the winner last week, and now it's in just the episode you can't hear. In the episode you can't hear. I kind of like this. It's sort of like a Mr. Show sketch, you know. Uh, believe me, a lot of good things happened there. Um, and so this week we have gone back and confirmed who the winner is, so this week, let's pretend it's new, and no one would have known the difference if we hadn't just I've said it. I've already forgotten. So we have a winner to our name, day. the yeah. listener's contest. 
And but first, but what? Let's read the letter. Oh, okay. We had we had a last minute, um, and almost literally like eleven fifty nine on August thirty first entry from Mark Strykert, who is a a shopper here at Elusive Comics and Games, uh-huh. as well as apparently a longtime listener and Mark. I apologize because I was not able to recreate your letter. There were many, many, many suggestions. I believe that uh, one of them was the League of Extraordinary Fanboys. There was the Legion of Super Fanboys, the Justice League of Fran- Fanboys. There were a lot of variations like that mm-hmm. that we thought perhaps might have been trademark or copyright violations in some way. Mm, yes. Yes. We don't need Mr. Moore coming after us. <sighs> He doesn't have to come after us. He just has to oh, curse our family. Yes. I'd like Dinty more to come after me, though. You go after Would it. you not mention food before we've had dinner? Oh, sorry. I hate when you do that because then I get hungry. I sorry. Hungry. I'm just in the mood for some stew. Uh, okay. Anyways, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Mark, we appreciate all your entries, uh, but I did not recreate your letter so uh, or reprint your letter tonight. Uh, but I did reprint a letter we got from uh, Bill Bossert, who has uh, written into us a few times uh, and offered us a place to stay if we get enough donations to our for our trip to see Spider-Man turn off How the are we dark. doing on that? Uh, so far, no donations. Damn. Uh, yeah, nice try. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm gonna. You got to keep pushing it. I'm though. gonna keep pushing it. I am pushing it. I was thinking too, we could have like a fanboy planet bikini car wash somewhere, maybe to raise money. You know, I'm I'm sure there's a billionaire listener out there who can I, just you know, say, "Here's what I'm thinking." I'm gonna make them all very happy. Here's what I'm thinking, Haiti. Yes, they need help. Yes, yes. New Orleans, still, still getting back on its feet. Could use your help. So, billionaire, give to Haiti, give to New Orleans, and then it's a drop in the bucket comparatively exactly. to give to Fanboy Planet, exactly. so we can go see Spider-Man turn off the dark. Exactly. So, I'm just going to keep pushing that. Look, I, I, I'll bring a sleeping bag. I'll just be on the floor. I'm still for bikini car wash. So, if you want to help out the podcast, and you're a very attractive woman who has a very attractive bikini, send all your emails here. to. Sandpaper <laughs> at Moron Light. I'm sorry. Did Fanboy you want Planet. Too? What's that? You're on photos, right? Oh, of course. I need sandpaper to. at fanboyplanet.com. That's I need to verify. Sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Thank you. Must um, be 18 to enter. Yes. And, and the other thing I must point out is that what's backfiring on Lawn is that sandpaper goes to my mailbox. So, um, what? Yes. You'll, you're still going to forward me those, right? Oh, sure. Okay, great. Anyway, uh, so let's read this letter uh, Letter from Bill Bowser. Gentlemen, Lon, and the lovely and enchanting Stephanie, who unfortunately could not make it tonight, but she was at last week's podcast. Yeah, but I think she and, took off with Danny Trejo. Yeah, probably. And we'll probably hear from her just about as much tonight. Yeah, probably. And what's it doesn't matter. As Lon has already decided upon the Name the Fanboy Planet listener contest winner. No, I, and he says, I must with much regret concede defeat. However, I should point out that, no, Lon had a concept in his head that no one matched up to, and Rick and I beat him with sticks. Yeah, it was it was a concept that you can all be very proud that you didn't match up to. Okay. Well, no, we... Well, okay, go ahead. Yes. Finish the letter, because... But much like we adapted it so that Lon would be happy, but much like Kada- Commander Adama, the Lauren Green version, I will pray to the Lords of Kobol for strength to muster on. As Lon did not appreciate my Sisyphus reference from my previous email, I thought I'd dumb things down for him. And speaking of Adama... Has there been any movement on Glenn Larson's movie revival of Battlestar Galactica? No. And uh, that's the answer. No. Uh, I remember an announcement being made after the sci-fi series ended that he was pursuing a movie version of his, B- of his BSG. As much as I, Is it like a BFF? No. No. And, and the answer to that is people drink and they say things and, you know. Well, people just say things. That's Hollywood. You and had a nickel drink. for every project that's been, been announced. 
Right. And especially from an old-time television producer who wants to be back in the game. Yeah. He gets his... It's called actualization. If you believe it, it will happen. I'm working on that. Yeah. It's the secret. I believe that people will donate to our (laughs) Connecticut fund. Um, We can buy a summer house there. Um, As much as I liked the far superior sci-fi series, I do have a soft spot for the old series. I mean, where else can you watch men in capes fire laser beams at aluminum robots? And can't forget the Daggett. Great stuff. We have the soft spot in our heart to do. Uh, I felt that the action figures from Mattel back in the 70s had a greater charm than any uh, later mini-mates. Until that kid choked on them. What? Uh, That was the Viper rocket. Oh, that's right. That's why Boba Fett couldn't fire, wasn't Mm -hmm. he? Battlestar Galactica. Forget it then. I hate Battlestar Galactica. Thanks. Thanks. And speaking of... Oh, oh, I was sorry to hear some East Coast bashing by Rick last week. Say it again. I you did. did apologize. I did apologize profusely, and I wrote. To Unfortunately, Bill. that was we had lost. A nice, we had a nice exchange. We've, we've, we're bonding. He seems like a nice guy. He does. Perhaps he did not hear the vacation promotion aired by the East Coast Travelers Bureau. We're not the West Coast. We're the Best Coast, and we don't have as many illegal immigrants. Greeting my zing. Teeth. Greeting my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And speaking of illegal immigrants, I love you, New York. Do you think Machete is being dumped on Labor Day weekend due to a lack of confidence by the studio? I thought that weekend was one of the least attended weekends of the year, and I would say now that we have uh, done lived this through it after lived through it, why yes, it is one of the least attended uh, weekends of the year for movies, and for Machete, it was also one of the least attended weekends of the year. Um, so we'll see. Uh, and how well do you think this movie would play with the Tea Party and Glenn Beck, Beck crowd? They are not the target audience, to be sure. May the gods bless you, Mr. Rodriguez. Stick it to the man. Humph. Okay. I must give props to Lon for the many Hammers of Thor title suggestion. You're welcome. That would be the, that would, that would be the one Thor book I would actually read. Maybe Lon could take an old Thor book and replace the balloon dialogue with his own. Hey, this could be a great idea for a new contest. Have the listeners do it. Hope this email finds you and your listeners well. Can't tell you how much I really enjoy the show. I think that's a great that's a great idea for a contest. I will personally donate a cash value prize to anybody who takes even just a couple panels and redoes the word balloons to make them make them um, fanboy planet re- related. Okay, and it has to be Thor. Did we say it could be anything? Well, um, but I like the you know I, the many hammers of Thor kind of combine. Um, Thor with um, Blackest Night, perhaps. Wow. Um, Dude, I'm just saying, you want a multi-crossover like you did with Planet Hulk or World War Hulk or Civil War, all that? Many Hammers of Thor. I think uh, and that makes a... a you note. can have that, Marvel. Take it, but just, I want a little, you know, maybe send me a free copy. That's all I wouldn't ask. That, um, wouldn't that be kind of a fun... I, well, and I can't believe they haven't already thought of it because with the movie coming out, they're doing everything else. Uh, there's there's more Thor books coming out in October and November than there are Deadpool. Um, and we thought That's Deadpool was kind of overkill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that could be just a fun thing for like a Thor kids thing. All the different heroes with Thor, you know. And what a great marketing thing. You too could pick up the hammer. Um, you know. All MC these, Hammer. All these children believing that they are worthy. Bring in Hammer Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One yeah. Thor with uh, with uh, um, parachute pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they can have a Thor frog, they can have they can. a frog, Hammer Man. Fror. I can't remember what they ended up calling him. Whatever. Frog. In the Pet Avengers. Throg. He was Throg. Um, so, anyway, Bill, I want to go back to the beginning of your email here. You conceded defeat. You, sir, were wrong. I think, am I safe to say, 
Bill Bossert is the winner of our Name the Fanboy Planet dun, dun, contest with his suggestion what of... A twist. From now on, we are going to refer to... Whoa, where did all these balloons come from? Whoa. And confetti. You guys. I'm allergic. Wow. Jeez, we really go all out here. We do. It's the power of of the airwaves. Mm -hmm. Uh, The winning... I didn't even get to say what the winning name is. From now on, we will refer to our listeners as... Bandroids. Bandroids. That is correct. Yes. But, yes, Lon, there's one small caveat. <laughs> Here is the oh, concession no. the we make deal. to Lon Lopez. Well, no, the original, my the idea I had in my head, which wasn't necessarily going to be the winner, it was just what the the train of thought I was thinking. You really just wanted someone to suggest it so you could say it on the air and giggle. Well, no, what I think is what's and going to happen. And by the way, Lon does giggle. The listeners will now be referred to as fandroids. Yes. But anytime they send in mail, it's going to be called... Fanny mail. Thank you. No. I can slur that to fanny mail. Not fanny mail. I'm not going to say fanny mail. Well, it's fannies because there are fannies. They're fanny mails. This might give you a clue as to the name that Lon was actually thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. He was thinking males. <laughs> because all Lon thinks about who doesn't is wanna, males. Who doesn't want to get some <laughs> fanny mail? Come on. Anyways. Uh, you're only proving my point and you don't even know it. Working with you is like Sisyphus. So congratulations. Yes, good job, Bill. Yes, Bill Bossert. Bill Bossert. We will uh, work on a little prize pack for you and get that out in the mail All right. shortly. So let's turn to We've got some movie news, some TV news. Let us get to some comics news because that's why half of you listen at least. Um, and we are in a comic there, shop. There's more than one listener? Oh, I guess we, we know. Can... There's at least two. There's at least three. There's four. We got a couple. We have emails. A few. Yeah, yeah. No, we've so. got. And no, I. I would say that I from emails alone, I'd say we have at least seven. It's all right. That's pretty good. Pretty and, good. Yeah, and not uh, too shabby. You know, I just gave up on trying to convert Goodson. So, um, anyway, I wanted to talk about some things. It's funny you bring up the many hammers of Thor because I, I got some preview art today for uh, a new series coming out, which I guess is doing the origins, and I think it's kind of an interesting take of Ultimate Thor number one. Wait, he never had his own series before? Or? The ultimate version of Thor has not, no. Hmm. He's been in, uh, what do you call it, the Ultimates. I hate the ultimate version of Thor, though. Why? Why do you hate the ultimate Because um, didn't, wasn't it in Ultimates 2 they actually explained his origin or something? Like, no. They thought, was it they, 3? They, there was actually, he, 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 they were alluding to the fact that he was not actually a god, but in he fact. Was crazy. It was, that, that was in part 2, right? Right, but that but was, that's not, that's that not was Loki's, you, Loki. You, Foiled uh, had had set him up for that. Sure, sure. I kind of figured that, but then just the whole like he had to wear the vest and he had to have the hammer, and it was like but the thing is though. Then all the other heroes from around the world had the vest, the power suits that made them all heroes. So then, like, you know, I'm sure, I'm you're not getting him mixed up with uh, Giant Man or GI Joe. No, because they had a version of uh, Captain Britain, right? Didn't they have? Didn't they have the international yes. group? Yes, yeah. but that was. And they uh, all were wearing super suits. I thought that made them that gave them their powers. Uh, they were because um, basically they had said that, that not, Thor that was, had stolen like a prototype. Of that the, was that was the faked. That origin. was Loki's. That was cover Loki's, story. Okay, Loki's but, manipulation or reality. But I'm just saying they still had these super suits that they yes, gave they did. To all these other people. Right. Yes. Which but I thought, that didn't have anything to do with Thor. No, I know, but I'm just saying I didn't like that whole story where it was like it was kind of Armor Wars. Actually, it was it, it was, was weird, Tony though. Stark's technology that had. That they were, yeah. but then, but then they, sh- so then they like beat Thor down, and then like they burned his hair off or something, and 
It was just really weird. Like but that he whole, came back. I mean, he at the end of did that, he come he, in at th- no, no, yeah, he he reclaimed his power yeah, and then yeah. like saved the day. Yeah, but and it was still, revealed that everything that he said about himself was, was true. true. Was it revealed or they just accepted it? No, it was, no, it was revealed because okay. they, because Loki was revealed as the as Right, the he fought Loki at the end. Or and, Loki and some of the greatest it. panels in that series of the Frank Cho stuff with the, the, the uh, Frank troll. Cho. I thought it was Hitch. Didn't Hitch drive? No, it's... Hitch uh, did the first two. It's uh, Cho now, and he's oh. done these scenes of trolls battling in New York, and Thor's just showing up, and it's, it's awesome stuff. Okay. Well, I, I'm just not a fan of Ultimate Thor. I don't like his costume. I don't like his... I, you know okay. what though I, I've always been not a fan of the ultimate anything except Spider-Man. So yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. Ultimate Thor number one is coming soon. Written by Jonathan Hickman, who is the guy who's been writing that uh, Shield series, and the Fantastic Four, and Fantastic Four, and the which, Shield series is awesome. And and this weekend you were raving to me about the Fantastic the Four. The Fantastic under Four him. is just so so very very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, when they collect this in a trade, am I right that it's Jonathan Hickman or is it Troy Hickman for some reason? Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan. Okay, why well, I keep throwing Troy Hickman in there? I Troy don't know. is just such an awesome guy that you. Well, Troy Benson. I want yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, he sent me the most taunting picture of his new baby son today. Uh-huh. I, son saying, of Satan? Son of Troy Benson. Oh. I, I'm going to give it a shout-out. Isn't shout out. She, he lovely? Uh, yes. Yeah. He's, he's wearing a jumper that says, my dad's comic collection is bigger than your dad's comic collection. Nice. So that's nice, which Troy says, no, a friend made, had that made for him. But he photographed his son sitting on the Adventure Comics with the first appearance of Legion of Superheroes, back uh-huh. and boarded. Uh, the Avengers with the first appearance of modern day appearance of Captain America. Okay. Um, I can't remember all of them because I started weeping. There is no comic book that his he's got his baby lying down on <laughs> that is worth less than two three hundred dollars. Okay. <laughs> so nice. It's nice. like wow. And, he, and I said yes, but it's true. Your collection is bigger than mine. And he says it's not the size that counts. I'm like, yeah. I don't think I didn't notice the value. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> so, I, you know, you, you can say, well, isn't that you know, kind of dangerous? He goes, no, those are just my read copies. Ah, you hurt. You always find this way to turn the knife, don't you? Yeah. You do. You're yeah. good. Okay, anyway, Ultimate Thor number one is coming out uh, by Jonathan Hickman. And why I thought it was worth mentioning, I'm gonna, and I just didn't have time to run the art today, but I, I want to put a piece by the time this podcast comes out. Um, it takes place in World War II, Thor and the Warriors Three fighting the Nazis. So given what we know about the Marvel movie projects and what you guys saw at Comic-Con, I don't like where you're going with this, Derek. What? Where am I going? Tell me, Lon. Thor is a Nazi. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. <laughs> wow. No, I Wait, was. What? I not, was. I was just going to point. Well, out. he's like Austrian, isn't he? Or kind of like no, that's Nor- Schwarzenegger. Well, well I mean, no, like he's he, Norse. I mean, isn't that kind uh, it's of a little? It's a little further north. Isn't yeah. he Aryan a little bit or a little? Well, um, they're really out of India. Um, oh, okay. The Aryans. Yes, they are. Okay. They are. You well, what's the, the, the yes. Norse? They're out of, like, Scandinavia. It's okay. Right? Hitler didn't know that either. But, okay. um, yes. They, I heard it from Hitler. <laughs> uh, no, they're, I, sorry. They're, they are from the Middle East. But Either uh, way, I don't like where you're going with this, Derek. Well, no. It's just, it's just so that by the time the Thor movie comes out, there'll be this nice trade paperback in which... We know that Captain America, at the beginning, the Red Skull's origin is, is at least tying in with the crypt of Odin, 
because the Cosmic Cube, you guys saw him finding the Cosmic Cube. I still don't. Did they confirm that's the Crypt of Odin? They didn't. It, it's, it's, it's not. It's 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 ambiguous. And but he's purpose. looking for the ring or something of Odin. He's looking for like a jewel of Odin, but he's, it's not. It's the it's the conceit that Hitler was looking for objects of magic during right. World War II. Right. But they but they clearly used that as a tie into the Thor mythos. Right. And then here it is. And we don't even know what he's really looking for because they fake the cosmic cube in the in the. Uh, in that scene, you know, they, they, he oh, pulls maybe up that, a cube. Maybe that's not really what it is. He pulls up a cube, well, you did and, see, and so the audience goes nuts, right? Because yeah. it's a, and then he just drops it and it shatters well, you did on the see ground. Comic Con, they did show the Infinity Gauntlet, right? Yeah, yes. So will, maybe he's looking for the gems or something. Mm-hmm. Could be, and you know, and even that that kind of bothers me that they're going to go that big. It's like I think the Infinity Gauntlet's too big for Captain America, but it might be for big Avengers. For Avengers, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. but I think it's also too well. I, I just feel like you're burning through. It's almost it's too big an event to even even with the for the first Avengers movie to be like it's it's too cosmic and it brings in too many other characters. You gonna tell me Adam Warlock's gonna be yeah, there? Going Adam Warlock and and uh, well maybe he Thanos was looking for some other collectible or Star something. Fox and High maybe he's looking for like vintage Glenn Miller records there are pla- or something. There are plastic Green Lantern rings available here. Exactly. Um, so anyway, it's coming. It looks it looks gorgeous. It's just interesting to me because it seems to me that there'll be this Thor fighting the Nazis trade paperback, which they don't. Thor never did in the regular Marvel Universe, and it was clearly established that he never did. It's beneath him. No, he came He came to the Marvel Universe too late, like in the 60s. Sure, yeah, but so. Thor, does Thor align himself with a... I mean, granted, he's an Avenger, well, which is tied to America. In the movies, he's obviously been to Midgard before. Right. I mean, but he doesn't call him Midgard. Or Earth. And, and, and he does... And he's obviously been to Australia, because that's what his accent is. Okay. <sighs> that hurts. Yeah, I, I will yeah. grant you. Yeah. yeah. But let's let's get back to the comics. Although it's weird because his father is from England, which is weird because you know, he's actually Welsh. Well, UK. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's directed by a Welshman. So, Kenneth Branagh. So, um, let's move on. Ultimate Thor by Brian Hickman. No, I don't know. No, Anyways, Brian yeah. Hickman. Who? Jonathan Hickman, whatever. You no, just, you've said that like four times. So okay. Right. Uh, so last week, uh, Buffy Season 8, number 36, came out uh, controversially with Spike on the cover. Because if you look over, there are two comic books with Spike on the cover. The vampire played by uh, James Marsden. James Marsden. Uh, so there's both Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8 and from Dark Horse and IDW's Spike is over there. You can look over and see. see it. And what's the subtitle? Uh, the Devil, Devil You Know. Devil, Devil You Know. Right. The Devil You Know. Uh, so once again, IDW is kind of left going, um, wait a minute, you got Spike too? We've got the Spike miniseries. So we talked about how they resolved uh, legally the things that, you know, the deal's very nice, that in 2011 Dark Horse gets these characters back, but IDW retains the rights to publish, to republish and repackage in trade paperback all the things that they had already previously published. Sounds good. Which is good, and that is very rarely worked out that way uh, when a licensed product has has changed hands. And you mentioned the Doc Savage, the Doc Savage, the Star Trek uh, stuff has always been kind of in contention as it switches yeah. from company to company. And uh, Even, uh, the Star Wars stuff that was done by Marvel. Oh, yeah, it got picked up again by Dark, Dark Horse, Horse, right? It was reprinted. So uh, the interesting thing is that uh, so this week's Buffy comes uh, came out, and in, in like a page, is written by Joss Whedon, uh, explains how everything that IDW has published happened, but it doesn't have to have anything to do with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and anything that ID uh, that Dark Horse does with Angel and Spike in the future. Sandbox. 
I so I, I thought that was it, it was very good. It was very reasonable explanation. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil it if people haven't read it, um, but I thought that was really go and read it. Yes, get on the Buffy train. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you know, and then we're heading towards the season finale, and then they're going to actually have season nine. And he's very carefully trying to treat it that way. And he was gave an interview this week and said that it's very difficult to focus on the comics. He hasn't written as many of them as he wanted to, but he still wants to treat them as uh, seasons and how he would have laid out the series had it gone on. So, isn't there some crazy news about season nine? Oh, I heard something that was not. Oh, forget it. I, I I don't know. I wish I could remember. Well, let's try to look yeah. that up. If only. If Yes. If only we had better memories. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about that. I got a preview uh, look at Kill Shakespeare number five, which will be on the stands tomorrow, but that means, you know, by the time this, this goes live, they've been out for a, a couple of days. I want to say again, I'm just enjoying the heck out of this book, and if you haven't jumped on the Kill Shakespeare band, bandwagon. It's been selling out, too. It has been selling out here at Elusive Can we Comics. expect a trade soon? After six. It is broken into two arcs. The 12 issue is, is uh, two six issues, so you can definitely... Get it, get it into a trade. And I just think that Andy Belanger's art gets better each issue. And the story gets, is, just gets more and more intriguing to me. I'm never sure. And how hard is it to kill Shakespeare? Pretty hard. He's got extra lives. Shakespeare himself has not appeared. Oh. And I, I want to speculate about what's going on in the plot, but I'm afraid to say anything for people that haven't read it that might want to. Um, but it's just it, they have found every character that they've reintroduced into this I say reintroduced because every one of Shakespeare's characters that they've that they've introduced has been like that's true to the character, and yet something has been very different. You know, there will be the sh- shocker of Othello being involved, uh, Juliet being involved, Falstaff. Very good portrayal of Falstaff. So, but do you, you don't need you to need, know those plays to know that you don't they're need just, a they're deep just, understanding of no. Faith, of, they're uh, just Shakespeare a, to understand. They're just a, the mo- the thing that most ties into you know, it's at the beginning understanding where. Hamlet fits into this in the context of the play. They 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 explain that, and then from there on out, it's like every character explains if you know Othello meets Iago again, he explains that he's that they hate each other. This is the way comics should be: is that it's a consistent characterization. You don't need to know why, as long as you right. make it consistent and believable that that they Othello do. hates him. Yeah, and. You know, something bad was done. Well, that used to be just called characterization. You didn't need to know all the backstory. So there it is. If you're not familiar with Othello, maybe you should be. It's 500 years old. Um, but it's still, a public domain video game, too. Uh, is it? There's, there, there's a Hamlet video game. I didn't enjoy it. Um, so really liking that. But maybe there'll be a better Kill Shakespeare video game coming because I know that that's one of the things they would like to see happen. Another thing coming back from the past, the Smurfs. So I got from paper. What do you mean t- coming back? They're, they've been back for years. Hey, oh. Yeah, well, they've got a movie coming this summer, you know, and I saw a trailer for it this weekend. And going, and it's been interesting. It was good timing. Paper Cuts is reprinting them as uh, the original graphic novels or the original or collecting into graphic novels, the original comic book stories from Europe by Payo. Were they comic book stories or strips? I believe they're comic books oh, okay. or albums, you know, probably, uh, because they they don't read in strip form. Oh, okay. Um, or they might have been Sunday pages. The Magic Flute does read kind of like it could have been Sunday mm. pages, mm-hmm. but it was not like typical four-panel-a-day stuff. The story is very clearly something larger uh, by Peo, and we won't say it the Chris Garcia way. And Peo. Pay-o. No, that wasn't his way. Oh, no, see, and you made it worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, 
it was good timing because then uh, I looked in my magic mailbox and under my bed, and there were these Smurfs graphic novels. And then my son and I went to the movies and saw the commercial for the Smurfs, and he the trailer for the Smurfs movie coming this summer, and he had no idea what they were, which was a nice perspective. There's a six-year-old the Smurfs is not infected yet. So I wow. took it upon myself to read to him from the Magic Flute uh, because I hadn't read it either. One, let me say, uh, yeah, he got bored. Uh, but uh, no, just because it was long. It's a 64-page graphic novel. Good price. Paperback, five ninety nine, sixty-four pages. Really dense, old, st- old style of comic book storytelling, especially from Europe. Um, I was surprised because my previous experience with the Smurfs was, of course, that Hanna-Barbera series, which I would stumble across on a Saturday morning and turn off. Yeah. Um, what? Were, well, you were a Smurfs fan. Well, you're younger, so were I you a Smurfs fan? I wasn't really a Smurfs fan. But, oh, well, I uh, shouldn't call you a fan. You were watch a watcher it. of the Smurfs I would as watch a child. It. I liked uh, Hefty and Smurfette and Brainy and Papa Smurf and uh, the rest you, of them. You were a fan. I was very disturbed. Um, you know, that you age You have group? a tattoo of Papa Smurf. In no, an embarrassing I have, place. I have you? Hefty's heart, whatever, with an arrow through it. I thought something on my arm. No, oh, um, okay. no. I mean, you couldn't be a child of that era and not True. know what the Smurfs were. I right. mean, it just it was on every Saturday morning. Sometimes like two episodes in a row or something. So I mean, yeah, you knew your Smurfs. Well, I found the graphic novels to be a little more complicated and a little wittier than I expected them to be from my belief of what the Smurf show had been like. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Magic Flute is, is reprinted, and that's in which the Smurfs are kind of secondary characters. It's actually, it was a, it was another uh, feature called The Adventures of Johan and Peewit that introduced the Smurfs, and they got a lot popular, so they spun off into their own. And the second volume that they've created is this, the, uh, I, like I brought this for visual, The Purple Smurfs. And there's a little ad for the Smurfs movie. Why? I'd actually, heard isn't that like a is that something you get when you vacation in Thailand or Absolutely. something? Absolutely. You yeah. get the purple Smurfs. It's like, oh, man, I came back with the purple Smurfs. Okay, now you look doctor. at this cover. Um, what is interesting about this uh, is uh, I like the story. Oh, yeah, the Smurfs it looks like tails. a little mini trade or something. The, right? Yeah, no, this is good. They uh, published them in both hardback and paperback. And the five ninety nine uh, for the paperback. Wow. It says on the back, War of the Smurfs. Well, let me tell you the plot of the purple Smurfs. And this was written in like 59 or 60. Take a look. Race rides. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Um, a, a Smurf is out picking flowers and is bit by a bzz fly, which transforms him into a purple Smurf who can only say one thing, which is gnap, gnap. So basically growls, and they go around and they bite each other and infect each other and turn them purple. Brains. Yes. It is a zombie Smurf story. Wow. Zombie snurf- Smurfs. Smurfs. And don't worry, they're all cured by the end. I don't think it's a spoiler. Because Would you it write was like zombie the, Smurfs down next to the I the, think the I show did, notes. actually. I wrote zombie Smurfs Excellent. already. Um, so I'd heard about this story be, that, that people said, like, there was like, um, an urban legend about <laughs> are the Smurfs. they fast that zombie was, Smurfs that was a, slow? They are. They are. They're very and fast. And they're clever zombie Smurfs. Wow. And they live just to infect each other. And uh, so it's... It's a well-done story, I, and, and then there's a secondary story. It's a shorter, The Flying Smurf, and I haven't read the last story in that book. I read The Magic Flute, really enjoyed that. Um, the artwork was just amazing. Again, I'm surprised by that because my experience is, and it's not a, not a dig at Hanna-Barbera, but Hanna-Barbera did limited animation, simplified character designs, and you know clearly quality of the artwork was not the highest of priority. 
You know, I mean, but this looks pretty close. It's, it's on par with Disney's artwork for the same. Oh, right. You know. But uh, this is what I was saying. This is on par with the artwork of, of Disney comic book. This right. is like this is like what uh, a little not, not maybe not as much color you know, color shading but it's definitely the, uh, in the, the other one and, and unfortunately I, I left it at home the magic flute <laughs> it's it's much more complex because the storyline encompasses a, a greater section of of the world than Just smurf village turn back to that page it's like keep going uh, keep going it's like it's a swarm mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, yeah zombie, zombie swarm. swarm i know i just uh, love how one panel when papa smurf finds something he says smurfrika there's a lot of smurfing and that's a joke in um the magic flute that 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 the humans try to speak smurf and just substitute smurf for wor- for other words and it doesn't work it's no like smurf, pig latin no smurf understands them oh you mean to smurf well i said to smurf no 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 you meant to smurf but I said to Smurf, it's you know, it's a funny, Yeah, it's a, apparently, and you can't see it as a panel. So um, I was listening to another podcast, I won't name it, but David you, Brin. David yes, Brin was, <laughs> was on it, and, and he's talking about... Um, you keep cheating on us. You're listening I to the listen, podcast? It's research. Um, David Brin's talking about how in Republican administrations... What? We have to get political? Zombie movies tend to be in favor, and in Democratic administrations vampires swing into into favor so i mean it's not it's kind of we're kind of a little mixed right now that's interesting to sort of track but, when but, i have more time yeah and, the guy's the guy is genuinely brilliant so i i know he's done his research on this but the idea that uh, that we've got a smurf zombie story coming out it's just uh, we have a democratic administration i don't we know do, we so do. it should be a vampire smurf but what so i want to say is is really if you're um this is one of the, those books it was it was a surprise to me because i'd never read them before that's good children's literature i'm really surprised at how at how good it is so where does one find paper cut uh, paper cuts is uh, in in barnes and noble and and borders they're in bookstores um occasionally comic book stores i mean they're available through uh it's only six bucks yeah as i said they're they're available through diamond it's quite a value for six bucks and you they're know, a harper a, they're a, a, an imprint of, the, of harper publishing so it's printed on really good paper it's yeah. a nice uh bound kind of collection yeah it's really it's a good looking little little uh trade and they've also uh they got a bit of the magic flute in the back is that uh, no it's a different oh, i think the characters the show up again yeah. or maybe oh it is a preview from the magic flute yeah, yeah. um and uh, they also pr- uh, pr- have the revival of Tales from the Crypt, which uh, is kind of interesting and good for, like, you know, 10 to 12-year-old uh, readers. They do Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys uh, graphic novels, which I think is more manga style. I haven't really read those. They also landed, and here's again, that Disney license all over the place. The 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 Tinkerbell fairy thing that they've done the movies mm-hmm. they've got the license for the graphic novels for those so I don't understand Disney's plan with comics because you've got still the theory that Kingdom Comics is going to happen right. Disney owns Marvel Boom has still got the Pixar license and then Papercut shows up with the Tinkerbell license I, I, I don't understand but uh, more power to it they move in mysterious yeah, ways they move in mysterious <laughs> oh. In Disney, we trust. Um, but if it keeps, uh, and, and the editor in chief of this company is Jim Salacrop, uh, who was an old Marvel editor. Mm-hmm. So, oh, uh, yeah, and Scott Lobdell does a lot of writing for them. So, uh, a lot of old Marvel guys um, from the late '80s and '90s, that the guys that I consider did the best of that work from that time, are in this doing comics for kids. Cool. And when we complain, as Darwin Cook did last weekend at uh, Fan Expo in Toronto, yeah, we well, you know what? He's a complainer. Uh, he is. 
to some degree. But you'll look at that thing at six bucks, which is two standard comics. You can buy this and give it to a kid, and he's going to have all day. To read, absolutely, read this, absolutely. If not so a I really want to want to push this and say, look, good and comics for kids are being friendly. done. And what I loved about this is that uh, you're going to say this isn't a superhero book. When people complain that that's all there is, we don't. In America, focus it, it on is a zombie book, and we have it finally a got book. a zombie book for kids. Uh, at, a kids at last, safe zombie book, which at I last. personally have been holding my breath for. Night of the sli- of the living nappers. You know, mm-hmm. there it is. Yeah. So um, anyway, happy with that one, and let me go. Oh, that was oh, and uh, on the what I read on my summer vacation uh, because just uh, just Labor Day. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, because I, I said because I, I read this. Uh, I, I powered through what I'm calling the Mark Wade one-two punch. I just mentioned Boom. Uh, yes. Um, and the Mark Wade one-two punch is uh, the book Irredeemable or and in the companion book Incorruptible. Now, have you read both of these? Or you're I've for read the- both. Of, uh, I've read all the trades that have been published so far. Okay. So Incorrupt- the latest issue of Incorruptible uh, hit the stands last week. Yep. Uh, the latest issue of Irredeemable hits the stand tomorrow. I've gone through all of them, including the, la- the two latest issues, and i got to say... This is amazing comic book story. Great characterization all the way around. Absolutely. Um, for those not in the know, Incorruptible, uh, or sorry, Ir- Irredeemable, Irredeemable is about a Superman analog, a character named the Plutonian, who uh, has his own Justice League. And, and that's unfair to say. He's recognizable that he's got some kind of the superpowers of Superman, but Wade does a really good job. It's, it, in some ways, I think like it's the more multicultural. If the Justice League was formed was created today today right this is the kind these are the kinds of characters that would look like um and he finally gets fed up in the way that um the guy who used to run this comic book shop brian used to say you know brian was a great cranky old man who was there and go i don't understand superman sure. if i was superman i'd use my powers take over the world tell everyone to shut up and get out of my hair because i'm tired of saving them and <laughs> i said and so he didn't like selling Superman comics because he disagreed on such a but he fundamentally did like deep monkeys. level. He did like monkeys. He did like monkeys. And, and Japan. And now he's a car salesman, isn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. Brian's selling cars? Brian's selling cars. So uh, anyway, uh, this analog decide, gets fed up and decides that you know people he doesn't are, just get fed up it's part of his his sensor yeah his he doesn't sen- take over the world he hears how ungrateful people yes, are he, he can hear everything and he has to really try not to but when he does he just gets people are just complaining about him and and so he finally snaps turns and i'd say what wipes out half the world's population i don't know if it's half but he certainly there's, does a, a, there's a reference to a lot of violence and a lot of setting people back there's technologically some camera violence there that's yeah yeah um, and then the book focuses He's pretty sadistic. on him, his old villains, the rest of his team trying to understand why this happened and stop him. Right. Should they kill him? Like, they team up. I mean, it's just each issue, a twist where I go, this is this is an interesting direction, and then he spins it in another interesting direction. Where I think, I think this is going to be the status quo. And because I don't mind when the status quo keeps changing in a book that is not tied into something larger. And he's got it plotted out to an end. I think he's, he's going to do it for like three or four years, and then it's, it, it draws to a close. It's clear to me there has to be. Yeah. And then the companion book, uh, Incorruptible. Which I didn't, ha- I didn't hold out high hopes for this one, but I actually like it better. That's how I feel, too. The, uh, the, the, it's about the vill- his, one of his worst villains, uh, one of the Plutonian's greatest archenemies, uh, who 
basically is super invulnerable, yeah. um, sees all the carnage caused by his arch enemy and, and decides to reform because somebody has to hold up hope that there is, that there is hope, basically. Yeah. And, and now here's this guy who had no morals before whatsoever struggling to maintain an absolutely rigid, yeah. strict code of honor right from the word go you can see that this guy he is he is the epitome of someone who has has reformed to the point where they know if they let let go a little bit back they're going to just fall this is like a religious conversion with this guy and the struggle and no one will accept him doing that because everybody still sees him as this basically he was the killer Mm mm-hmm and now he's got to prove, and even his sidekick, his sidekick was, and you like this, jailbait. Nice. So it's a 16-year-old girl, and he, and that's uh, you know a nice shorthand to how depraved he was. And now here's this girl, and he's and realizing I've completely led you astray. You need to go home to your family. You need to be with, you know, and trying to do all, and she can't understand it. She thinks he's going through a phase, and you know, and, and it's just a great book. And I, I so not only am I, am I loving the storytelling, but thinking of the two. I would like to see. I could very easily see uh, an a an, movie an of incorruptible the two from the point of view of the from, uh, from the point of view of incorruptible. Yeah, yes, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to like the the plutonium stuff has to be in the background, mm-hmm. but incorruptible would absolutely be this. It could be a you great be telling story. that story, but uh, but you and focus again, on and who the, better than Mark Wade? Uh, you know, and I've said this before. Mark Wade does not get the attention that the flash. There are flashier guys, Jeff Johns, obviously Grant Morrison, but Mark Wade. I don't know that I've ever read a story by Mark Wade where I've gone, well, that just sucked. Well, I mean, you go into these stories. I mean, we come into this mid the the corruption of the hero, right? And we get the backstories of everyone. And there's just such – he's obviously got everyone plotted out what they were doing beforehand and mm-hmm. what their origins are and everything. And so drawing on that, bringing that out, teasing that a little and bit And a at master a time. at telling us only what we really – Need yes. to know, not what we want to, uh, what we might want to. He's not re- overreaching in this storyline, so you wonder a lot, and that's you fine. Think a it's lot. a it's a challenge. There are two challenging books that are still very accessible. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, that's it. Mark Wade, he just he is one of my favorite writers, if not my favorite writer. If, if, well, let me let me reemphasize that he's one of my favorite writers, if not if not if not my absolute favorite writer because he is just always able to find this emotional kernel that grabs me. Other guys might have, spl- although you don't get splashier than really kind of destroying half the world, uh, but um, finding this kernel that makes me identify and understand. You do understand why the Plutonian did what he did. You can't agree with it. It's horrible. Right, right. But you can understand how a guy with that it's much power would, would get fed up. And the heroes that don't want to kill him, the heroes that do and don't know what to do. And all the, you know, I... I'm just I highly recommend. It. I can't believe it took me this long to finally break down and just read it. And then when I read it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" So, yeah. um, just there, like they need our help. They probably do. I mean, I don't know. They probably. I hope they don't need my help uh, and the Fanboy Planet help. I hope they're selling extremely well because this is one of the best books out there. It just simply is. And what company puts that out? Boom Studios. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, cool. Now I want to say because I like it because it's so contained. There's just two two titles. I was complaining to Rick over the weekend. Uh, I read last week JSA All-Stars. Now, I love the Justice Society of America, as we well know. What kept me watching Smallville, the outside chance that JSA will show up again because it was handled so well. Um, 
JSA All Stars is the spin-off book uh, from JSA. I didn't think we needed two JSA books, but I thought, okay, I'll give it a chance. It's the extra-sized one because they have an eight-page backup story with Liberty Bell and an Hour Man. And I'm just not happy with that book at all. But one of the things I realized, and maybe Lon will get my get my thing, is I, I was through the second issue of an arc where they had created a, pan, a, fall, a, a fake pantheon of a fake country, Parador, which they took from a... Um, Oh, what's that filmmaker's name? But uh, Raul Julia was in the movie Moon Over Parador with uh, Raul Julia and Richard Dreyfus. So they have oh, Parador, yeah, yeah. and they create these uh, these gods, and they do the little verisimilitude thing of Courtney Whitmore, Whitmore saying, um, oh, yeah, I did a report on the Paradoran gods last semester at school. Um, I was did not realize that one of them, uh, that the king of their pantheon was a macaw god. Because they're all going, oh, great macaw, oh, mighty macaw, and M-A-C-A-W, spelled differently. But I, because of the connection in my last name, I've always been someone who sort of followed sensitive macaws, to the, yeah. sensitive to it. Um, but the thing is that, and this is maybe a dumb thing, but it really bothers me, that when you think of a macaw, what kind of appearance comes to mind? What kind of colors might come to your mind? Gay ones. Okay, so what color would you? what colors would you color a macaw god? Like rainbow. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay. They color him brown. But he's a god. He can do whatever he wants. Maybe he's a Republican. But he's McCall. McCall. What, what, brown, what Brown's a Democrat. Um, what, uh, well, whenever brown I is. think McCaw, I think of... Uh, Me, I know. No, the Fruit Loops. You know, That's a the, toucan. Toucan but Sam. I'm just saying whenever That's I... That's exactly what Rick said. That's what I said. Whenever <laughs> I think of a McCaw, I think of Fruit Loops. Well, follow your nose then. Uh... It, it never knows because that's a toucan. Uh, I'm going to deform. There's somebody who really is taking his his following of macaws a little seriously. Uh, I'm going to have to form a macaw anti-defamation society. There you go. Mads. Uh, so <laughs> I've formed Mads. Um, yeah, and and I realize that what 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 I, what is bothering me is not so much that you're right. I'm sitting there going, "This is silly to be bothered that the macaw god is colored a drab color," when, as Lon so prosaically put it, they're gay. Um, yeah, they're scarlet and gold, scarlet and green. They're are they crimson, blue, and gold? Uh, they they bleed true. Um, yeah, they're very colorful birds um, with black beaks, but she doesn't even have a black beak. And, um, and you know, parrots. Those are the parrots that are usually sitting on pirate shoulders, yes. are macaws, yes, yes. actually. And so the whole thing is just realize that there's just no quality control. There's so many books that both DC and Marvel have to – like, what books are we complaining about the most? DC and Marvel. Why? Not because DC and Marvel are producing uh, – they're not creating bo- producing good books. They are producing a lot of good books, but they're putting out so many that their crap output is so high. Right. And uh, so I'm just, you know, it's almost too many for one company. There's just not a, a, a quality control because the, I'm sure that any editor or any assistant editor is juggling so many books. Things are running so late. You you pick up a DC book, uh, Marvel just goes ahead and ships late. But if DC ships their books on time, there's like four or five pencilers in any given book. There's three inkers. 
There's even two writers now. I now want to, you know, um, Jeff Johns needed a nap, so Peter Tomasi has joined him on Brightest Day. Jeff wanted lunch, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's okay because to, I know that they're old friends. They're in sync. I'm sure they talk about it a lot, and I really haven't noticed a dip in quality, if anything. Actually, I think the Brightest Day has gotten more focused since he brought in a co-writer, but artistically, it's still scattered. And it's not bad. It's just it's all just kind of competent. When if we're spending this much money, especially as if they're going up to three ninety nine, shouldn't we be getting more than competence? What are you? You're sniffing books. I just smell like something was kind of burning. So oh, so I, I don't know. It was me. I'm, I'm burning mad about this. He's, he's I think it might be in the in the woods. This macaw anti defamation. Um, so in that search for more market share, they've just lowered the quality of what they're producing and. Yeah. You know, to say that I'm mad at DC for JSA All Stars at the same time that they sucker me into buying Superman, and not suckering because Straczynski on Superman uh, has been a very moving book. It's a great, it's a great title. I mean, you it's know, the walk across the walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah the I'm not calling it the long walk, um, but yeah, Green Mile. <laughs> the Green Mile. <laughs> Um, yeah, neither one is a really good comparison. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's great. J. Michael Straczynski's summation the of... walk of shame. Uh, no. J. Michael Straczynski's summation of what the American way is really supposed to stand for. They've never come out... He hasn't come out and said it yet, uh, at least in the context of the book. He might have been in an interview that I've missed or something, but that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. It's yeah. a very great use of the character. Um, and if you're not buying that book... I He's mean, a bold writer. I understand later Superman's going to be understand that his powers come from a spider. Don't guy. hurt me! Don't oh, you yeah, yeah, okay. just finish the twelve. Um, that's, that's Joe. Joe, finish, yeah. the, finish 12. the twelve. Finish the twelve. It's three um, books. Although Joe. somebody leaked art, somebody leaked art from issue ten. So yeah. um, penciled at least penciled. So Are any words on those pages? Uh, he needs to finish. It's four books. He stopped at eight. Four. He has to finish uh, nine, right, ten, yeah, eleven, yeah, twelve. Yeah, so if ten got. If tens art, sorry, it's been a couple of years now. I know, I know. Forgotten when. It's well, stopped. the guy got nominated for an Oscar. This is what happens. He went Hollywood on us and came yeah. back. Um, so, a couple of news things from last week, just because it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, Blue Water Comics got sued for uh, some of their biographical comics. Justin Bieber and Lady Gaga. What? Yeah. Um, you don't usually use those two in the same sentence. No, no. I just think, oh, my, my so many of my students have Bieber fever. I, I don't understand it. I suppose I'll have to hear. Do they stay home for that? One of his songs, I, if only they would. No, they shrieked with glee uh, over, you know, and I was, I, I don't know. I didn't want to go into it. It was so traumatizing to me today when that was revealed. Um, and I don't know. I, and it's not to comment on Justin Bieber's quality as a as a singer, or apparently, as an, as I was informed this morning, as an upcoming actor, because he's going to guest star on CSI, I'm hoping as a murder victim. Uh, <laughs> no, they're saying he's going to be like a scary guy, like one of the kids, like one of the murderers, psycho killer. Yeah. Oh, oh, great, that's lovely. Oh, great. So yeah, maybe we'll have to see that. Just see if he's actually any good, um, and he might be. This, you know, because I can't speak to the guy's quality at all. I have no idea. Um, but they, his lawyer sued. Uh, because they um, they sued Blue Water because of these authorized biographical comics, which they claimed were sort of like akin to their poster books. Um, Blue Water Press, and I think they have the better case, is it's no like unauthorized biographies happen all the time in right, regular print, in regular post books. Yes, yeah, so it's just a different medium. And um, the thing I don't like is is that I know it was it was leaked that. Uh, Blue Water for just, for the Justin Bieber comic in particular, an artist on Deviant Art had done a painting of Justin Bieber, and he revealed that he was offered two record copies of the final print of 
the, of the Justin Bieber biographical comic as his payment if they would allow him to use that painting as their cover. And I think that is just really chintzy. Uh, say, oh, good, you did a painting. You can get two copies of the comic book that we reuse it for if you'll let us use it. You know, the guy should be paid something. Yeah. Um, this belief that artists just um, paint because they're driven by passion. I love to paint. That, that died with Vincent Can Van Gogh. I pay you to and you know why Vincent Van Gogh died? Because he couldn't eat because no one would buy his paintings. Uh, so, yeah. And all that, the bloody loss from that ear. Crazy uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, but I, I think Blue Water is going to win that one. Um, but it's just kind of silly. Uh, but also, you know, the thing is, those biographical comics also have to be so one sided. They're so afraid of getting sued for saying something slanderous. That uh, they're all just happy thoughts. They're just happy thoughts. It's not you know they're not even honest biography. So apparently uh, Justin Bieber poops rainbows. I don't know. It's uh, now that I'd like to see. Uh, Does he poop double rainbows? double rainbows? What's it mean? It means I'm not getting enough fiber. <laughs> it means I'm moving on. Uh, the other big thing that's gonna that may affect comic shops across the country is the Diamond announced last week that they are going to ship on Tuesdays. They're not saying Tuesdays will be new comic book days but that they're going to ship so that all comic book stores across America will be able to, at with some bit of leisure, uh, sort through the new week shipments, do the pools. So what does that really mean? They don't actually sh- so they're at a warehouse. They get delivered to the comic shops so on Tuesday So evening. they ship prior to, they get dropped on Tuesday. Many stores have to pick up their comics on Wednesday morning and then hurriedly try to sort them through, get them on the stand and on the shelves and open at 11 and or 10.30 or whatever. And their windows from all the kids just like pressed up against it watching them. Well, here in Silicon Valley, all the engineers who took comics. off early from lunch and yes, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some Well, you got issues. your lunch rush, you got your after work bump. You got, no. We know this because Lon Lopez did copious amounts of research for his smash comedy film, Crackpot Comics. Which I'll have a big announcement for soon. Soon? Soon. When? Will you announce on the podcast for the seven yes. people that might be interested? I will. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. So uh, let's move on to um, some movie news. Uh, you saw... Can we move on to some movie news? Sorry, you just your voice went higher. So. <laughs> I know. That was, I saw, sorry, You're like, let's move on the movie. That's the, the weirdest interstitial music ever. <laughs> How's the conversation going? We're not the Bee Gees all of a sudden. So. <laughs> it's the Barricade Comic Book Talk Show. Let's talk about Robin Machete. Robin, what do you think about Machete? What did you think? You saw it. You're the only one who saw it. Out no. of the three of us sitting here. No, I don't. Hey. What? Uh, machete was awesome. It was great. Really? Good, okay. good time at the movies. Yeah? Fun. Uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. Great cheesy action. It's the first mexploitation flick, is what they're calling it, which I love it. Mexploitation. Uh, Danny Trejo's In Mexico, awesome. they just call those movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Jessica Alba is terrible, but hot. Well, yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is good and hot. Um, Lindsay Lohan is drunk and hot. (laughs) Okay. How about Don Johnson? And Steven Seagal is bloated and not hot. Thank you. Okay. Uh, How's Don Johnson and Robert De Niro? Uh, Suitable or uh, satisfactory. I mean. I I did mean to get out and see that this weekend. How much uh, film time does De Niro get? 
He's in a good. He's in a good chunk of it. I mean, the standout really is Jeff Fahey. I mean, awesome. He does so good in everything he does. Um, With well, that guy's piercing blue eyes, I don't understand why he didn't become a, a star. There's Jessica Alba in the shower scene, where I think you see side boob. Um, and um, it's just it's fun. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really over the top. Um. It just, you know, and it was way better than The Expendables. Like, you know, The Expendables kind of promised that throwback 80s action film yeah. kind of fun. This one was more of that than The Expendables. So is this, is, is this missing a reel? No, no. I mean, they don't try to pull the... It's more of a modern grindhouse. They okay. don't try to recreate. They don't try and do the whole... It's yeah. not grainy film. And the no. one thing that me and a fellow filmmaker and guest of the show, Jason Salazar, noticed that, you know, being the great filmmaker that Robert Rodriguez is, or let's say the great practical filmmaker, he used every single uh, frame of footage that was in the Machete trailer in the uh, movie. So cool. he did not waste one single... Anything he shot for that trailer is in the film. Because the so, trailer came much ahead of... Oh, yeah. Well, normally I mean, they just pull the trailer out of the yeah. work footage. So essentially, he they he made this movie it. around the little two-minute, three-minute trailer. That's art. So, the trailer from Grindhouse? Yeah. Every scene nice. from that is, yeah. is in the... I mean, and it's funny, too, because you know everybody's saying how, like, oh, well... When Lindsay Lohan was nude, it was the body double. And I was like, well, no, really what happened was, if you remember the original Machete trailer where he's with the congressman's uh, wife and daughter or whatever, you know, because Machete's like naked with him in the pool or whatever. So that's basically supposed to be Lindsay Lohan. But the thing is, is just like an old Grindhouse film, there's, you know, discrepancies in the editing because it's like a body double. So it's not really Lindsay Lohan he's getting it on with, but... You know, so it's it's obviously a different person. You see it when the in the mm-hmm. editing, but it's just kind of one of those. It works because it's such a cheesy that's what they grindhouse film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, all right. I'm, and Cheech was awesome. Oh, isn't Cheech always awesome though? I don't know. Nash Bridges. No, he was good on that. You're right. Yeah, okay. no, I just think Cheech is a great actor. He's up fun. and smoke. A classic. Mm-hmm. A classic. It's he funny. Was great and up and smoke. I you know come on. I love Cheech okay, and Chung. Okay. All right. Uh, so a piece of news from last week that we didn't really, well, that got lost, was that Kick-Ass 2 has a, allegedly, because whenever Mark Miller says it and nobody else does, uh, Kick-Ass 2 has been allegedly greenlit as a film. The first chapter of it debuted in the U.K. in the comic uh, book that uh, Miller is publishing called Clint Magazine. Um, so, uh, and apparently the, um, the red mist, that was the villain in the end of mm-hmm. it, uh, will be morphing into, um, a character who, if you were to let her, uh, carefully would be the, would be the Clint, uh, but will actually then be the, if the L and the I merged in the lettering. Nice. Um, uh, so no Not word really. on if, yeah. if that would, uh, actually make it to the film. But anyway, he's claiming that cause they made a lot of money on DVD. Which is true. That weekend after that came out on DVD, all I could hear from people I was running into is, "Have you seen Kickass? Did you ever see that movie Kickass?" And like, yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, I saw it in the theater. Why didn't you? If you liked it so much, but you know, that's like the thing with Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I think there's just going to be this level of comic book movie that people are going to go, "Eh, we'll wait for the video, and it'll do really well on DVD." So clearly, it's a shame, a, though. You know, uh, you know cinema is almost dead, isn't it? 
Yeah, because I think that a lot of movies still do make a lot. I mean, Toy Story 3 made over is, 400 million. Sure, but that's Toy Story. It's like you take your kids, so it's a reason to get out of the house and, you know, take your kids to an event. Whereas, like, you know, nobody goes out and runs. I mean, like, you go out and see Slumdog Millionaire because all the other, like, you know, people at the soccer club or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, people are talking it up. Oh, my God. The soccer saw- club. Soccer. Uh, whatever, the soccer games. <laughs> all the other soccer moms. You know what I mean? Dance. Like they don't. It's almost like people don't. It's like, oh, Inception, number one movie in the country for two right. weeks in a row. I better go out and see that. You know? No, what there's mean? a or, second. There's a second market. There are people who who no longer go out to the movies because it costs them thirty dollars to take well, their that, one child. That too. But I mean, I'm just saying. So it's they like, buy they buy the DVD for half that price, and I just and think you pop that, your own popcorn. Yeah. But I just think though that maybe in this new age that just the art of going to a cinema and escaping and enjoying that is gone because people don't when they go to the movie there even now if you go to like a you know Mercado or something around here they don't even watch the movie it's like no oh, you're we're always, hanging out you're listening to the people behind you talk about the movie and answer their cell phone or and, yeah they're texting oh, or right. you know what I mean it's like it's just I want to say I'm trying to teach my children better than that yeah all I know is machete don't text i'm you know tied into what you were just saying about uh about the second market and and people not seeing these movies that come out and also tying back into kick-ass uh chloe moritz moritz yeah. moritz um is going to be in the remake of let the right one in we know that um and right let now let, let me in the uh little uh tip to the frugal movie watcher let the right one in is available for uh, live streaming from Netflix right now. So for free, for free. I mean, do it if you've got if you've got awesome. Netflix, you can go, you can immediately watch that movie, and it's it's amazing. It's it's like two okay. hours and twenty minutes, and it goes by. It's not a fast paced movie, but that thing just flows. She uh, and I want to say about her. Yeah. I called this with my students last last week. You know, there's the sci fi novel trilogy. Uh, that I have not read the Hunger Games. Have you? Have you read? I this? just started reading the first. Is that with Joey Chestnut? No. Oh, okay. uh, but you'd think so. Yeah. Um, and as so I saw my book, one of my students had the last book in the trilogy. It and just I, came and out. I yeah. said, "Yeah, it just came out." And I said, "Oh, I have to read that because I'm hearing good things about it." The reason I didn't want to pick it up was because the author who endorsed it was Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. Mm, no wonder. Well. So I thought, well, really, she, she, I don't think she's a good writer. I can't imagine that she's a good reader. Um, and so um, I've had several friends recommend it, so I finally picked up the right. One. And so I said, so my students said, "Do you think they're going to make a movie?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said, but nobody can play that girl. Whatever you know, there's nobody who can play that girl. I said, "No, I'm going to bet you that Chloe Moretz is going to play that character." Uh, and sure enough, it was announced this week. Really, she's going to play the character wow. in the Hunger Games. So I was like, "You know what else I heard?" Because her, we know this from your interview with her. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I mean, is that her mother vets this stuff, and she's got this shark mother who knows what are the good career moves. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was clear from the way she was talking to you. Is mm-hmm. you know, she's focused on what's going right, to jumping right. laterally quality here what's going to be the big thing and you know kick ass mother reads risk. the scripts first and then mother reads the scripts and let her do yeah. do kick ass she was in um 500 days of summer yeah so she's really good uh, she's really good in that and then she's you know jumps over to let to let me not in. a big part but memorable no absolutely yeah. so she you know it's like she she has this can you know a good sense it's like dakota fanning it's just dakota fanning's gotten too old yeah know, she's so. going to be an interesting one to watch grow up 
a little frightening, I yeah, think, yeah. honestly. She because she was so what well, how was like thirteen now? Yeah. She was so old school Hollywood, like you know, yeah. career. Well, and, she had been prepped, man. She's oh, ready. she was she was so much better than everybody else you interviewed in that. Yeah, she knows how to talk. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway. what was that project called? Hunger Games? The Hunger, Hunger Games. Games, yeah. Or is oh, it it's a, just Hunger Games, isn't it? Hunger Games is the first one. I don't know if there's a What's the second a name one for called? the series. Hungry Hunger Games? No, the, the series is called Hunger Games. Is it? What's yeah. the first book called? No, I believe the first book may still it's be called, still called Hunger, Hunger Games, Games. But, okay. it's, but it's called but the Hunger Games But what's it called again? Hungry Hunger Hippos. Oh, okay. No, I was just waiting for you to say Hunger Games a fifth time, so... You asked. I, just I know I did at the end. At the end. Why must you? Because you said, well, what was the book called? What's the saga called? What's the trilogy called? What? And it's just funny because you kept saying, "What's your stomach called?" Not Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. <laughs> um, and so you said so this weekend, yeah, somebody was talking. Hunger is not a game. Uh, no, it's not. It's a worldwide problem. Thank you. And it's moving get, on. And it's going to get worse thanks to the mass extinction of sea life. Thanks, BP. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Little political message from oh. Fanboy Planet. Um, <laughs> Thank God there's still Happy Meals because <laughs> it's Brave and the Bold Toys. Uh, so uh, at, at a convention this weekend, so uh, a movie expo, I guess it was. Somebody asked, was interviewing Stan Lee, and somebody asked a question. It wasn't Dragon Con, was it? Was it? I mean, it was Dragon Con. Maybe it was Dragon Con. Maybe I don't know. I, I, Stan Lee was there. Somebody asked about his movie roles, and he mentioned he mentioned that he'd shot his cameo, I think, for Thor. Yes, he has been, but he hadn't shoot his cameo. Hadn't shoot. He hadn't shoot. It's German. Do you speak English? He's all, no, I hadn't shoot it. Oh, now he's almost Swedish. Well, they're Sweden. Stan Inga. Avia, Germany. No. Um, so he hadn't shoot his one <laughs> in uh, Doctor Strange. All right. And then, ev- and, and then everybody's asking, what Doctor Strange all, movie? What are you talking about with the Doctor Strange? I'm I not talking know. about anything with the Doctor Why Strange Why are you movie? in the Doctor Strange? Because I don't know. we know that Disney... You're eventually going to get to Yiddish, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it is Rosh Hashanah. It would be appropriate. Know. Don't be a schmuck. Mm. Um, so, uh... L'chaim. Yes. Um... Yeah, we know that Disney had Doctor Strange Jewish, isn't That they were interested... uh, (laughs) He's a doctor, right? No. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Though I suspect that... uh, No, I should go there. Um, That uh, we know that Disney was interested in a Doctor Strange movie. They're talking about that being one of the kind of the first low-budget ones. Well, from what everybody says, it's Faggy's, like, favorite property. So maybe that's the one he wants to push, but... Yeah. And on the heels of that, they were talking about an Iron Fist hired a screenwriter i don't know if they've gone so far as to hire a screenwriter for dr strange but i would bet that a lot of these things are they percolate in stan lee's brain and i think that dr strange is probably one that's close to stan lee's heart because of a lot of the characters that he has to push as the so-called face of marvel um dr strange is actually one of those that he wrote Mm. you know like when he goes interviews for wolverine and he talks to to the average person it sounds like Stanley created Wolverine. Stanley's never written a page of Wolverine in his life. He created the X Men, though. He did, but not, not any of the those. Wolverine. Yeah, not the Wolverine. That was uh, Len Wein. He created the Wanda Watum. Uh, there you go. Um, so you know, and, uh, and by the way, I, I don't know if I mentioned. I think that's so masterfully Machiavellian of Disney to have a D production deal with Stanley. He's doing comics with Boom that has the Disney uh, comics licenses, and then they buy Marvel. Which had separated out from Stan Lee, and so Stan Lee is going to end his career at this point, unless something drastic happens and he goes, he's like ending his career with 
reunited with Marvel all under the same umbrella being owned by Disney. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Well, when you're Stan Lee, I mean, come on. Sure, sure. He couldn't have wrote a better ending. Or maybe he could. And we can hardly wait to see. Because those boom books are coming, which actually, I think, putting Stan, you know, we talked about that. Those boom books are great from the concept that Stan Lee is sort of the editor. They have to run everything by him, but some of the top writers in comics are actually writing the book. I want to I take a wager here on what his cameo in the Doctor Strange movie is going to be. Okay, go ahead. He's going to be... Clea? No, he's going to be the patient who Strange is supposed to operate on uh, before he... Oh, my uh, God, that'd be horrible! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. And, oh, my... What is wrong with you? What? I'm just saying <laughs> it would make sense. Oh, my God, no. Stan Lee in a hospital bed? No! no, no, no. Yeah, you're missing it. Stan Lee, the ancient one. You know, I thought about that. The yeah. ancient one. But I don't think that Stan Lee should play... <laughs> With the accent? It's I a cameo, know. not a main yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, I think he's actually finished the role a little. He is so legitimately funny on the superhero squad that, mm. you know, he, he could handle a better, uh, a slightly bigger role. Although, and then I think back to Mallrats, and, nah, and then I think no. Yeah. Although, he's very funny in the Princess Princess Diaries, too. Okay. Really? He has a Have role you, in the I'll Princess Diaries, that. that is so bizarre. I'm watching that with my kids, and Stan Lee shows up. Yes, he is a European print or European baron who learned all his English. From watching Three Stooges movies, so they just give him Three Stooges dialogue. It's great. It doesn't who, do much, but who it was just, casted that movie? He, he and Gary Marshall are friends. Oh, okay. And so I, I it is totally unexpected, but there it is. A little look for st- the most obscure Stan Lee cameo, Princess Diaries two. So um, all right. Uh, speaking of casting, so auditions are going on apparently for the quote unquote girl in Spider Man. The, the reboot. You'll be in Spider Man soon. Wow! I yeah, I was tag team effort there. I, oof. I knew you weren't going to go. That you guys are seeing this is a bromance going tonight. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I let him. No. Okay, we don't know. We do know that Sony does not that does not want to use uh, Mary Jane in the Spider Man reboot, uh, and kind of let that one kind of wash away a bit, uh, and so. Most people are thinking probably go back to Gwen Stacy in the script, but nobody knows for sure. But we know that Hillary Duff is in the running for the part of girl uh, because it was leaked that there, she has a script. For the part of girl. Well, it, it's like uh, they just change the names in the script. They hide it because if someone gets a hold of the Makes script, Spider Man sound like Tarzan. They hide. You know, it's like um, again and to leap forward a little bit. You know, uh, Smallville does that when they announce they're going to cast characters. They, they make up fake names for who the characters so are. Oh, okay. So then, then the people audition, and then they get told after the fact that you're actually this is who you actually yeah. are. Um, and so... Tess Mocker. Well, I let's saw go. How many, how many uh, chicks has uh, Peter gone with? Well, it could be Betty Brandt. It could be... Felicia... It could be Felicia Hardy. Hardy. It could Ooh. be Gwen Stacy. I, th- I don't think it's going to be Felicia Hardy. I think it would be Gwen Stacy. Duff would make a great But she could also be... Act. No one's talking about it. She could also make a good Liz Allen. Um, Liz Allen was also a blonde girl. Wasn't Liz Allen Harry Osborne? No, wife? Flash. Flash. Uh, well, she did end up marrying Harry, but she was Flash Thompson's girlfriend for a while. Yeah. In the original, she uh, the first really had run. a character though. I mean, well, but that doesn't that doesn't stop you from using the name and creating a character around and I just guess. you know if if I was if I were a Sony exec trying to just completely disassociate everything from what had happened before, 
that's what you'd do. You'd, you'd create a character. Uh, you'd, you'd take somebody obscure that really hadn't done anything in the other movies. Or you could stick with the storyline of Peter at the Bugle and, and stick with Betty Brandt. Yeah. And blow that up a little bit because they actually had a little thing going on. And, oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, there's a little... Um, there's a little legal action going. I want to see Spider-Man yeah, like, like 16, and Ben yeah, Brandt was, was dating like him. 40. I want to see him like summer of 62. Last week we talked about Fantastic Four casting rumors, and then of course that kind of got lost. So let's bring that back up. That God, they, I feel like this whole show is like deja vu. I'm just like, God, I've heard this somewhere before. Okay, go ahead. It's the brain injury. And yeah, um, that uh, they're looking at uh, big celebrity for the thing, VCG. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Uh, yeah, now you do. See, how could it be deja vu if you don't actually remember having it? Uh, Bruce Willis, pursuing Bruce Willis to do the voice. Now, these, you know, these were like last week's rumors, and nothing's followed up, so I kind of think... Maybe not. You're lying. Although, it's hard to know. Will they, will they argue back? It was say, Labor Day weekend. They're not going to come out with good rumors on Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that's Nobody's going to watch them. Uh, they're talking about Stephen Moyer for... Um, you know who'd make... The perfect Mr. Fantastic. Tell us. This was lost. This was a great one. Go ahead. Oh, really? You got to point out? I was trying to make it fresh. Uh, Rob Lowe. I think that's a great choice. And in wow. fact, you, you, just, you, you didn't sell like the enthusiasm. Oh, I'm sorry. Or the, I think uh, I'd love I'm to sorry, see him I with think, great temples. I think, and I think if you recall last week, I was completely flabbergasted. You that just I was kept like, going, wow. Wow. What a wow. great choice. What a great idea. And actually, we and that uh, moment is gone. Uh, I know. Is. I had a little debate online with uh, David J. Fowley, who's our, our kind of writer in uh, Chicago, who runs KeepingItReal.com, dot com, and then uh, let us let us use his uh, movie reviews when we've been too busy to go out and see the screenings. Ourselves. He just had one on the site. Yeah, he uh, just did Machete. Yeah, because yeah, he saw okay. it ahead, ahead of time, and we didn't. Oh. I think we actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Ironically. We skipped the press screening last week in order to do to the, the podcast. podcast. Uh, so irony. <laughs> Ouch. It's okay. What did uh, Foley say? Uh, Fowley. Fowley. Uh, no, uh, he agreed. He thought Rob Lowe was a really good choice. Um, uh, dude, many hammers of Thor, Rob Lowe. I got my finger on the pulse, baby. <laughs> what do you want? Get thee to Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. yeah. What are you doing here, man? Uh, you what know, are you doing here? I'm keeping you guys afloat, all right? What the? Anyways. No, oh, not- you, know, <laughs> you know what hurts me? is late at night. You're going to listen to this podcast and you're going to go, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I love you guys. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so what's next? It's TV. Smallville season nine, the Blu-ray. I powered through almost all the season. I did not finish the last. I missed the la- the last discs of epi- episodes. So you almost took it all in. Almost. I uh, I watched it all over Labor Day because I had watched like the first four episodes. So first of all, I, I did you get my text where I said this? I when we got yes, to one I or two episodes. I guess I'm glad. That I didn't know. I was at the Wrath of Khan party really with Allison Scagliotti, who was on Warehouse 13, and I was hanging out with her for a and while. super cute. And I had never, you know, I recognized that she was super cute, but I haven't watched Warehouse 13. She's and So she, I was not flabbergasted, and then I realized if I had watched <laughs> Smallville, she plays Jaina of the Wonder Twins. And she and also carries Gleek around. And she carries Gleek around on her cell phone. And if I had watched that and known that I was hanging at the party with with Jaina, then I would have been a ridiculous geek. Absolutely a ridiculous yep. geek. Uh, so, <laughs> Do you realize how important you are? So I had to text back and go, oh my God, I didn't know. <laughs> and so, whew, bullet dodge there. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> A fun episode. I'm sorry, it wasn't too. Wrath of Khan this year. It was from Dust Till Khan. Yes. I apologize. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, 
that was a good episode to bring the Wonder Twins in. Um, you know, and once again, totally, totally love the JSA episode. Uh, and I just, you know, and I'll tell this is the one that sold me on live action for Blu-ray. Yeah, because I had watched episodes on my other television uh, from my um, DVR, and it's like, oh wow, the Blu-ray really did look better. Yeah, it really did. Although, again, when you power through, you notice. That they really only have about five blocks in Vancouver to right. film on because right. there's this one stretch of monorail. I'm not even sure that's outside. I think that's like inside stage. No, no, I think it's you like think a it's vacant outside? lot with a monorail over okay. it, and and they just keep going back. And I was like, don't hang out there because everything bad in Metropolis happens, happens right there. there. Yeah. Um, there's one building that he always stands up on top yeah. of while she's on the phone. People right? are always well. That's t- kind of like the beach on Baywatch. You know what I mean? Like, if you watched Baywatch yeah. every week... Don't go to that beach. Don't there's go to that beach. You know what I mean? Exactly. Every week, there's somebody drowning or dying or fighting. That or, would be a bad one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. At least... It, Stay at least, away from... At oh, least Smallville has... And the, the hospital on ER. Don't ever go to that <laughs> hospital. Yeah, that's true. Terrible. So something I noticed watching that I had never noticed before, and maybe you have, and maybe you've told me that I've just forgotten, but I'm, I'm believing I've never noticed before, that the Talon... Right. Aside from being insane, like first of all, is it still open as a legitimate coffee house? Because nobody ever talks about the business underneath the apartment anymore. Uh, That's a question. Yeah, I don't. Know. I could I could write a whole bunch of gripes about Smallville, but I just let it wash over me because there's Hawkman and Doctor Fate. But the Talon's external color scheme is Plastic Man. I've never noticed it I before. Never noticed that, but it's Plastic Man. Oh my God! Yeah, that would be a great story. That, that the talent actually is Plastic Man. You're sitting there going, stuck. I've got two of the hottest women. <laughs> it's as if Lon was Plastic Man and disguised himself as a coffee house apartment building. <laughs> so I'd let women inside me? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. It'd be a change. No. Uh, so, um, I, yeah, it was just odd. And I'm like, and I'm just sitting like, wait a minute. Oh, whoa. Uh, so, so what do you think about the whole Zod line? Um, again, haven't finished it. Okay. But... Um, for the most part, I'm buying into it. For for really, um, what I like about it, and I think what I wrote in the in the review is that, of course, you know that Major Zod's going to become General Zod, except he's not because there's an out that I don't want to explain right. in case it's a spoiler. But he is and he isn't. And the more I watched him, the more I thought he is trying very subtly. Callum Blue is the actor trying to, to be like a younger Terrence Stamp in some scenes, and so I could believe that that guy is going to grow up, but. Smallville always finds a way to to play the will he or won't he card in a way that makes it you can understand why he was worshipped as a military genius and why his his army would would die for him. Um, you know where you've seen him before? No, I haven't. Though I know I know where you think I've seen him before, but I haven't you watched watch that. Dead like me? Uh, no, I never watched Dead, Dead oh, okay. Like Me, so I didn't think that's where you're going. I looked, him up. Very, I looked him up I mean, on the IMDb. He's got a good range of, of yeah. uh, characters. Uh, he's there. a really good actor. Yeah. I thought that a couple of the episodes focusing on him were really good, um, so I'm happy with that. I love the first time he says, kneel before Kal-El. No, the first time he actually does say kneel before Zod, and they don't. They hit him. And so it, the line is before you corrected me last week, and I'm I know we'll know that, and it's because kneel before Kal-El does happen later, but oh, he does try saying okay. it, and he's not up to it. But they include in the in the uh, Blu-ray uh, documentaries on the making of the JSA episode, which was really cool, and the history of the development of Zod episode, and that's where they interview Terrence Stamp, and that's the coolest thing. Before I die, I want to meet Terrence Stamp 
and have him tell me to kneel before Zod because apparently he enjoys doing that sort of thing. <laughs> and I just think that's really cool. And you'd do it, too. Oh, I would. Mm-hmm. It's Terrence Stamp. Mm-hmm. It's Zod, yeah, man. What, what you don't know is that the people that do kneel in before Terrence St- uh, no, Stamp. No, I know where you're going. For having been in that role, and I'm always happy to see that. <laughs> Thanks for noting that point down. Uh, I'm always happy. I'm that. always happy to see when an actor seems genuinely, you know, grateful to have been part of this, uh, you know, of myth of of kind of cultural thing. Right. That, right. Right. You know. Well, and, is there something you could bring up about him from like uh, the the early Star Wars trilogies that he might like? Because he's part of that franchise too, wasn't he? I think we like to forget about that. Yeah, he was oh. in. He 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 was one of the senators in the Galactic Senate, wasn't he? Did he, like yeah, in, in, fan, in Phantom Menace? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but but he, Superman two really changed his career. He had mm-hmm. he hadn't made a movie in eight years. He was living in an ashram in India, and uh, then his agent called and <sighs> said, "You got to you got to come out and um, you want to try, try to be." And this is you know, I mean, it was Superman. It wasn't Superman. Two, it was right. Superman, you know. So he's like, okay, you know, I'll do this, and uh, so I, it's just it's just really interesting, and I, I like Callum Blue's tie into it, and I, you know, so I'm down with that. Who's so Callum season Blue? nine? That's the guy playing Zod on Smallville as a younger version. No, but who is he? Uh, he was on Dead Like Me. He's been in a lot of British shows. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was surprised to see how deep his resume actually was. He's and I know I said deep. Um, so, so so to wrap season nine. Uh, for me, was a solid season. It yeah, really I really like, I'm really excited for compared season 10. to a lot. So of it's the a seasons. solid nine. You like this? I'm, and solid I'm, nine. And I'm okay. hoping that season ten, the final season, will wrap. Well, again, what I say is they have so many. Please don't giggle, Lon, because this is the phrase for it in the industry. They have so many backdoor pilots. For <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to flick you. Um, they have so many backdoor pilots. Don't tell me they not and, giggle. And, and you, didn't mi- you didn't mention the biggest contender, which is Green Arrow, <laughs> who was awesome in this past season. It, yeah, well, and, and uh, I sat down with him as well, Justin Hartley, and he said, oh, he would do it if they would. You know, yeah. he just didn't. Nobody seems to be talking about plans for it. But I thought they had a really good Zatanna pilot. Yeah. Although I didn't like the episode overall because it that knew nothing about one, about yeah. comic book conventions. And, and and you can be annoyed by this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil this. Is they have a comic book. The secret or the first appearance of Warrior Angel, who has been long established that that was the fictional, they're all fictional, but that was the comic book in the Smallville universe that Clark grew up reading, and Lex Luthor had every issue, but that the original origin issue, no, literally, not only had no one ever opened the copy they had on display, literally, no one had ever read it. No one had ever read the story contained therein. Inside the book. Wait, I don't understand why I would be concerned about this. No, because that makes no sense in terms of comic books. That there was a comic book collectible, the first appearance of a character, no one actually knew what that knew what that origin was. No one knew what that origin was because no one had ever read the See, book. I, I took that as an extreme commentary on collecting where these guys get their comics I'm not going to small for my satire. They, they hermetically <laughs> seal their books in and no one's I ever understand, read them again. I understand, but that's, that's a real reach. It made no sense. Right. But it was a good way to introduce Zatanna who is tracking down cursed objects that her father created when he was young and foolish as a magician and so she has to kind of go Around that's undoing. a series. That's a series. I could see that. that. Yeah. Although it was called uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I realize that it is. Mm, I yeah. it. But so what? I you know who watched that and you know it's mm-hmm. just 
Everything gets repeated. I mean, please, they could call. They, they could just call them nine zero two one nine zero two one on one nine zero two one on and revive it. We've had two Mer- Melrose nine zero two one one. What are you? What? I was right next to nine zero two one. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, so I also got the Chuck season three. I haven't had a chance to watch that, but with the Blu-ray there, and I got Fringe season two on Blu-ray. Nice. So now I have to uh, finish watching Did Fringe. You, you watched the first one. season? Oh, no, right. I'm not finished with season one. So I have to power through that this next weekend. Um, you'll be you'll be very pleased. Yes, uh, I also got hand- they sent uh, a bunch of sci-fi movies. Uh, Warner Brothers has released a bunch of sci-fi movies on Blu-ray this week, and uh, so like Mars Attacks, which I'm really excited to have because I'd never had a had a copy of it before. Um, the Tim Burton? Burton. Yeah. Nice. The um, <laughs> The Matrix <laughs> Reloaded. So I'm a little yeah. unhappy about that. A Scanner Darkly, which is one I wasn't going to necessarily ever buy, yeah. but I thought I really liked that film. That should be good. Uh, and uh, Forbidden Planet. Now I compared because I had Forbidden Planet, the deluxe edition they released. It's all the same thing. So if you already have it on DVD, uh, Forbidden Planet is probably not worth a... a, 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 a an is upgrade that still to Blu-ray. A criterion uh, well, Warner Brothers did a release two years ago where they did a two disc. They had all these documentaries. It, it's great. It also includes The Invisible Boy, and um, there was another movie that featured Robbie the Robot too. Okay. Um, so they have both of those films. They have the it's an Alfred Hitchcock Presents episode that had Robbie the Robot on it. So they really focus on the Robbie the Robot extras. Yeah. Um, but it is all the same as the regular DVD two-disc two deluxe edition they had already released. So if you already have that, I can't really say in good conscience, unless you're gonna, you want to pay the 5 bucks for the upgrade program that uh, Warner Brothers offers. Um, but if you don't have Forbidden Planet, here's a seminal science fiction movie and on Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, you should. This is, the, this is the time to invest. This is the way to get it. Um, yeah. I think what else that was. Uh, THX 1138, so the, ori- the, so the remaster that... Luke's did of THS one one three eight a couple of years ago. I'd like ago. to see that because even in the theater, that thing was grainy and yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. So maybe we'll, you know, um, maybe sometime in the next couple weeks we'll have time to, you know, or I'll just loan it to you, you know, whatever. And next week, Brave and the Bold, Batman Brave and the Bold is coming back September seventeenth on the heels of last week they released the first season on DVD. No frills disc, two discs, the first thirteen episodes, which is how it was broadcast. They said season one, part one, but it is essentially what. Cartoon Network originally broadcast as the first season of Brave okay. and the Bold, carrying through to the alternate Batman universes and the Red Hood and Joker and all that. So um, that was really uh, uh, so that's really cool. It's just no extras on it, which but I think you know if it's a kid show, how many extras do you need on a you little don't. cartoon? You don't. And 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 I, and I just made that you know I accepted that. I was like, well, I'd kind of like to know. Except here's that. a four hour documentary on how he got Dieter the history. Speaker, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and you're right. And the kids, Gee, kids. And the kids don't care, and it's affordably priced for parents, and it's great stuff. Okay. It's great stuff. Yeah. So uh, next week it comes back with the Siege of Starro, or the Reign of Starro, part one. I believe it's a two-part episode. September 17th on Cartoon Network. And the video game came out yesterday, so I have not had a chance to take a look at it other than at Comic-Con, watched a few kids demo it. It looked great, yeah. so I'm just excited Well, I'm about there that. for the series. Any idea if Clone Wars comes out the same night or no? Yes, it is the same Sweet. night because I already did. Uh, because September fifteenth, oh my gosh, I've got a, I've got a beta my the Clone Wars. Uh, that on September fifteenth, the Clone Wars online role playing game goes live. Hmm. So I need, I need to spend some time. I know you don't care, but uh, no, I do. No, you don't. What makes you think I don't? Is um, that MMORPG or is that? It is. I try. Okay, I'll, you're going to do it. I'll, 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 uh, I'll look into getting online Mandate. for that too. Okay. Yeah. 
I got uh, I got the mail, but I, when I tried to log in, it told me I was already registered, but it wouldn't send me mail. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I haven't done anything with it. Uh, I'm also looking at the Lego Universe um, MMORPG. So, and it's a lo- it's a it's a slow. I think it's actually my my internet in Gilroy is a slow download. Okay. I, 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 it took me two hours to download the game uh, or to install it. Yeah. And uh, so I just put in my son because said, okay, we're going to play. Mm, no time. You know, he had to go to bed before I got it. Uh, Wait, you didn't lot. have time or your son didn't have time? No, he had he to didn't go have to time. I want, I, oh. My son's really the one who... who your who, son's like, can't, Dad, I got uh, finals, I got work. Yeah, I he's got six. A, he's a yeah. first... Oh, my God. We go to a very exclusive school. Um, mm-hmm. He has finals already. So sorry, Dad, I got a lot of work of to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh, really man. swamped at the job. I got my Ben 10 action figures to reconfigure. Um, so, uh, and then uh, you wanted to bring up True Blood before Labor Day. Very disappointing to me that there was no episode on Labor Day, but I realize that's Labor Day. Because so, nobody stays home and watches TV. I did. Nobody important stays <laughs> home oh, and watches TV. What? You know, and then again, late at night, you're going to be listening to this podcast and go, yeah, I was so right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the week before last one, they had the last episode. They did a hilarious thing, in my opinion. We mm-hmm. can debate, but uh, it was the same night they were having the Emmys that Sunday. Mm-hmm. So True Blood starts out with a in memor. Is it in memoriam or memorial? In or memoriam. Memoriam. Yeah. Uh, and then they basically went through all three seasons up to that point. And did a little montage, a video montage of all the people that had died on the show. Uh-huh. In a way, homaging or, or hinting at the way the Emmys does every year. I believe the correct word would be parodying. Is it a parody? That's a parody. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but it was just kind of funny to me because that show is, there's so many deaths on that show and and they had enough to do a nice, you know, big long reel and uh, I found it quite amusing. I don't know if it was supposed to be. I, I mean, I guess it had to be. I mean, if they did it like that. But the show kind of has that I don't twisted you, sense I don't of humor. Think, uh, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to take True Blood seriously at all. Right. Because once you had uh, Anna Paquin actually go, I can wait for him to come in and say, Sucka. Um, yeah. You know, there's any pre- Or like, a fairy? That's lame. lame. Yeah. Any pretense that this show takes itself seriously, and bless it for not, because it's yeah. just so deliriously fun. Or like the funniest when... Uh, when uh, Sookie was telling Jason about the werewolves, and he's like, he was like trying to like werewolves, like vampires, werewolves, Santa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Santa like, yeah, all the things that could be real. He's like Santa. That's probably my favorite. Yes. Okay. So I, uh, you thought that was funny. It sounds funny to me, and I was a little offended by it. Rick's a little offended. I just uh, different you know, generations I, regaining. You know. His status as moral compass. What what offended you about it, Rick? I I, t- I take the uh, the people who love actors and and producers and directors and and they they are getting the opportunity during any of these award shows to show the pictures to remember them and their roles that and the joy that they brought them, and I think that's that's a very. It, it can be badly done as it was this year. We were talking before the show, and the whole thing with Jewel and cutting to her instead while she sang instead of just staying with the actors who who had passed during the year. Um, and I thought it's just a little. It was insensitive to to that. Uh, it, it, I think it, it's usually not. when you do parody, you're you're holding something up that that you think is. Um, over over important or self important. I think those typically are fairly well done. 
So. No, no, I think I think the act of doing it is pretty good, and and it's it's touching. But also, though, too, it's such a staple now of the show and the programming. Mm-hmm. So I get, I guess it's I think it's fair enough for parody because, you know, because you're parodying more of the the uh, process and not so much the actual uh, the actual honor. You know what I mean? Where it's like you're making fun of award shows yeah. and not necessarily those who have passed. You know what I mean? So and and I also think that uh, in a way having it on the same night as the Emmys, you know what I mean? It was almost like a weird Emmy. It's probably nod, true that know? there was no one watching the Emmys who was watching True Blood. I watched both. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, nowadays with you know all the DVRing, you yeah, can do that. Right, so. the time shifting, so, as they I mean, say. Yeah, I just I, thought it was fun. I, I, thought I it wasn't was, tremendously offended, but if I had been producing, you didn't that write show, a letter to your congressman. No, I didn't. I, and I'm not going to boycott burn a copy True, Blood. Of True Blood. Yeah. There you go. One yeah. more episode left. I can hardly wait. I, 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 I. Um, you can so, hardly wait, and then there's going to be like months where we won't have it. So enjoy, I know. Enjoy I know. The there's a lot of TV coming, so we have a lot I know. To that's the thing. To. It's like yeah. I, I live in a truly a golden age where I can spend the summer watching a bunch of shows I really love. Mm-hmm. True Blood. Being human really grew on me this summer. Yeah. Uh, the first season was kind of. And then. Um, I like being he- human, even though it's very predictable and patterned. Uh, Haven has been fun for me. I caught one episode of that, and it. Uh, I, t- I, I just have the, a I big crush on Emily Rose. I'm I, calling her out. I, I have a huge that. crush on Emily Rose. I understand Rose. that, but the, I thought that the pacing and the writing on the first episode, which was the only one I watched, was a little stilted. And I That is probably the weakest of it. Okay. But the pattern as set forth of how the episodes are plotted. Uh-huh very clearly set forth in that first episode. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's great television. It's just everybody's really kind of likable. They're fun. Um, a couple of interesting um, variations on what the monsters could be or what the powers could be. So I, I'm liking that. Now, based on the Colorado Kid, which is not supernatural. Yes, don't. Shh. Okay. Shh. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, just let it go. Because <laughs> even Stephen King said, well, great idea. Okay. and uh, <laughs> and, and he let it go. You know why? Because oh. they sent him a check. Uh, <laughs> so. I've got one more TV news. Yeah, Two more t- TV news. Okay, go ahead. Well, if this is the last season of Smallville, mm-hmm. there's been a rumor that... Tell me the rumor. ...that they're developing the Sandman for television. Thank you. That was the biggest one. HBO has turned it over to Eric Kripke. No, not on HBO. Warner Brothers Let's turn it over to Eric Kripke, who was the creator and showrunner of Supernatural, that uh, he left his showrunner for Supernatural. Someone else is running season six, and he's in sh- and so they're putting him in charge of Sandman. Now, if HBO or AMC or even maybe TNT picked up a Sandman TV series, I would have hopes. If the Sandman shows up on Fox, well, it was nice watching that half hour of the pilot that they broadcast <laughs> before they realized what they had. Um, uh, or I just think it would suck. Anyway, the, the the executives would interfere like crazy with that. Uh, so let's move on to, Rick, you sent me this link today oh, uh, yeah. about a, a childhood that I was just just a little too young to be allowed to have. And uh, now it's coming back. And this is what drives my wife crazy because now i got to have these. Tell, tell us what they are, Rick. And uh, I was a little, my parents were a little too frugal to allow me to be into this. But basically, uh, back in the late 60s, there is that uh, corresponding yeah. with your memory? That's possible. There was a set of Aurora 
um, monster model, but not the ones everyone thinks. Not of, the glow in the dark models. Not, not the well, not the not the movie monsters, but they were more like play sets, really. So they had. You've the, talked about these before. The pain I think. parlor yeah. and the gruesome goodies. They had just like stuff you could play with, and a brand new character in the comic book scenes done by Warren magazines called Vampirella was in it. They had a. Uh, they had a, a mad doctor. They had Frankenstein, the monster, and they had um, a hanging cage and a very uh, pendulum, pit and pendulum mm-hmm. thing. These were all separate models you could buy and build your own diorama set at home. One of the one of the more interesting ones was they had a, a single model called the victim, which showed a girl in a, 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 t- a shirt tied at the tied underneath uh, uh, above her midriff. And short shorts. Lon, you don't really have to demonstrate that right nah, now. Yeah, don't do that. Lon. What? Not like this? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Oh. But she also shows up in the Frankenstein one where he's carrying her. Uh, and okay, so, carry me. So there. So oh. these were these these have been collectible for quite a while as far because they came out before this kind of stuff was you know, like treasured and and held onto. Yeah. But apparently now a company called Mobius. Uh, is going is re-released. They may already have been re-released. Um, I saw a picture of of a display in some store somewhere where they had them all set up. So maybe they're out in a couple of locations. But my understanding is they're going to come out in full force in October. Um, this and looking through the catalog for this company, they're recreating a lot of old models. They are recreating from the Aurora license from the Aurora licenses. Yeah. So like the Invisible Man, which is a great a great model because you've got the bandaged head where he's pulling the bandages yeah. off and so the, now the i gotta ask part- honestly because lon I, I know you're uh, having been over at your apartment you're very good at the diorama stuff uh, were you old enough to have any of these models or no uh, you know. put them together and paint them uh, we were never into models oh, okay just it was you know toys figures uh-huh and then just putting them in landscapes that you built or digging a ditch in like your mom's yard and then filling it with water and then you know your mom coming home from work and going, "What the hell did you do to my front lawn?" Yeah, so. But I also saw pictures of like the Superboy, the Superboy model, oh, which is yeah, Superboy with one. crypto and, and the, the dragon, dragon in the cave, the dragon, and, and the it came with Wonder an Woman comic book, yeah. kind of the same thing. I had Batman and Superboy models, and then they were redoing all of the um, the Irwin Allen TV show uh, vehicles and some scene. Type things, so they had the the Jupiter two, and they'll have they had the um, the crawler from the Jupiter two, and this not the spin drift, but oh, the flying sub and the sea view from mm-hmm. Voyage to the Bottom so, of the Sea. So the story here is they're bringing them all back. Is that they're what bringing yeah. all these back? And in a lot of cases, um, better than they were originally. Uh, there's a I was reading comments from different modelers and stuff, and so they they're bringing back the Moon Bus from 2001. But apparently the original model of that didn't accurately capture the front of it. It did it wrong, and so they corrected that. And then they've got a lot of they've got a lot of high end models too that that go for a lot of money. Where Cindy Crawford, they uh, yeah, and you can see right inside. Um, no, they've got. They've How got, is that not getting cut? They've got they've got a Jupiter two model that you can see right inside of. Um, 
there the lights up inside and you can look in through the window and you can see the cryogenic chambers back there and the the console and everything. I need a macaw cave. This I mean, this, this is, is just I mean this is just uh, nerdgasms time just looking through their website. I can't imagine. Well, so if we have any money left over from the campaign to get us to see Spider-Man turn off the dark, I think we could get a Jupiter two model. Yeah. So uh, people, please donate to PayPal. Um, you know, I, it's a thought. Or, or follow an ad or two. Um, so, um, so the other thing, Rick and I gathered at the Brett Cave. Gathered. The two of us. We assembled. W- with Shang-Chi. Uh, so there's three of us assembled uh, around the Brett Cave uh, dining room table. Mm-hmm. And from Looney Labs, we got a copy of Back to the Future, the card game. Right. Uh, and so, which was sort of a variation, sort of. Loosely based. Loosely on based on a card game they had called, personally called Chrononauts. Chrononauts, yes. Okay. And Chrononauts has had two editions. There was a original Chrononauts, and then there was like a bicentennial version of Chrononauts, oh, Chrononauts okay. to an American history thing. Okay. So? Because they wanted, they wanted to kind of teach history yeah, of yeah. this game. Well, I thought it was so. Um, I, uh, yeah, we played this game, and um, we played two rounds of it. Uh, Rick won the first one, and uh, Shang-Chi won the second one. And I went home a loser. Uh, but that's okay. I went home a winner because I understood a card game that I probably would have had no hope of understanding and <laughs> I tried to play it on, on my own. Uh, it's for ages, uh, I think we said uh, 11 and up. Right. And uh, actually, though, and I, we may have differed a bit, I really had a good time playing the game. I didn't dis- dis- I didn't dislike the time we had. Uh, it is It is a... And we were sober, by the way. So Yes, nice. we were. Maybe that was it. Um but it's it's the game is played by laying out an array of cards that each one represents a period in time where an event either happens or doesn't and and affects the timeline. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you you each get a character card who is sort of an extrapolation of a descendant of one of the characters, uh, one of the characters from the actual film trilogy, and uh, you playing, have a secret goal. You have a secret goal. You're playing through trying to change. Time, fixed points in time to create other different uh, different events and like and some are directly from the movie like the, obviously yeah. the the one there of the of the canyon that uh, Mary Steenburgen's character had originally uh, died in in Back to the Future Three and then she had to and you had to change it so that it was called Clint Eastwood it was Eastwood Canyon because right. Michael J Fox had said he was said Clint he was Eastwood. Um, you know, so some of that was recognizable. Some of the goals weren't as recognizable, and that that was okay. Now I think we differed a little bit in the opinion that you had to see the movies in order to appreciate the game. I don't think you do. I think that the that it wouldn't be as enjoyable if you hadn't. Okay, well, and and, and I'll never know for I have seen the films, right, right. and this is coming coming out in time to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the trilogy. So that's as well, or or at least the first film in the trilogy because it's all still 1985. But you didn't get the whole thing. The idea is that each one is trying to get a different set of things to happen or not to happen. Oh right, and, and you are working against each other. And once you get it, the the machine, the timeline to the state you're trying to get into, you then have to go and prevent Doc Brown from inventing time travel. I think so this almost. Caused your son to have an aneurysm. I'm, I think something bled out his nose. Hello, McFly. You're still talking about this? No, yes. I'm kidding. I just uh, wanted to be the Biff bully. Sorry. Why change? Uh, so you know what? Why don't you make like a tree and get out okay, of here? Gonna, anyway, um, so Biff. 
it, it caught. I know it caused. Uh, you know, that you have to create this time paradox in which everything you just did was impossible. Right. And that really, I, for a moment there, I thought it was really upsetting Shang Chi. <laughs> but that's. Well, okay. he was just excited that he found a paradox, and I said, <laughs> you know, the paradox is not ruled out in this. Okay. Game. Yeah. Um. Well, all right then. That's there good. You go. That's good. Uh, so I, I recommend the game. Uh, it was what twenty bucks for the. I, I don't actually know what it was. Probably twenty because Flux is about between ten and twenty bucks depending on the set of Flux, and yeah. so it's probably a little more expensive. I think um, it's a little bit, a little bit more than Flux. Yeah, and there were more cards, and I thought, I thought a more complex gameplay. I like oh, no Flux doubt, a lot. No I like Flux a lot, but I this was hate Flux with the past. I know you do. And I realize it's because you and I have very different worldviews. Yeah. Um, you know, you believe that, that that a sense of order can be imposed upon the world. There can be only one. And that there, that and that a game in which the luck of the draw and pure chaos happens. Yes. Well, that's how I see the world, and therefore, I'm fine with games that do that. So, so you're, so you're fluxed, is what you're saying. I'm fluxed. You uh, I, fluxed. My, I live a life in constant, a constant state of flux, and Rick is looking for that monopoly. So, uh, can't, can't argue that. You can't argue it. <laughs> so, if you'd like to argue with Rick, please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Questions, comments, compliments, commentary. Write to sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. You want to donate to the Send Us to Spider-Man Turn Off the Dock Dark Fund, Turn Off See the Dock. Doctor. Or if you want to volunteer for the bikini car wash okay. and you're an attractive female. Well, I was going to say hit the PayPal donation button, but okay. Uh, write to Sandpaper and donate to uh, to Lawn's uh, No, you don't fund. have to donate. Oh, no, uh, the volunteers. Volunteer. Send in a picture of you in a uh, bikini. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. If we get... All they need to do is we have to check with our lawyers. Uh, so anyway, this Troy. is Troy. This is yeah, we'll get Troy in. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Ah, uh, this is Lon uh, Soapy Cars Lopez, <laughs> and I'm Rick Bretzner, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Flex, flex. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.